All creation groans, waiting, suffering, and so do we. Is it true that each one of us sits by our own pool of tears? That we all walk with a limp of sorts? We live in this tension of hope, redemption, transformation, and the struggles that seem so indicative of the human experience. And just where is God in this? This month, we're turning our attention to the spiritual discipline of study. And what follows is a wonderful example of the fruit of study. You see, study is not just an intellectual exercise that stays cerebral, but can and should work its way out into our lives. What follows is a talk from our gentle South African friend, Trevor Hudson, on Romans chapter 8. Notice his insights. Notice the miles he's put on the text. His tone, his passion, the words between the words, if you will. For in this is life, abundant life with God. And that's the fruit of the discipline of study. My name is Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. But it's really lovely to be with you. Uh, And as I speak, I ask for your prayer, because I don't know too much about your country. I don't know too much about your church. I'm saying to God, God, can you please just help me in this moment to bring a word that may be helpful uh, to someone and may be helpful to you uh, as a church. And that is my prayer. So I'm going to read to you. Uh, from Romans, Romans, that that great, great chapter, uh, Romans chapter 8. I often say to my family, I'm married to Debbie, and I often say to her, if you're around while I'm dying, Debbie, could you please read Romans chapter 8 to me Uh, again and again and again. So let me read to you. It's from verse 22 uh, to 27. Listen carefully for the word of God. We know that the whole creation, the whole creation, the whole creation, everything that is, has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Not only so, But we ourselves, we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we, you and I, groan inwardly as we await eagerly for our own adoption to sonship, the redemption of our our bodies. For it is in this hope that we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. 
In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit who is interceding within us intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. This is the word of the Lord. I don't know if you've heard that delightful story. It really is a delightful story, and I don't know whether it's true or not, of Dr. Albert Einstein on a train going through uh, the States and uh, the conductor coming around, uh, you know, taking the tickets, and uh, the great scientist just uh, couldn't find his ticket. And so the conductor said, don't worry, sir, I'll come back in about 30 minutes' time, and perhaps you will have your ticket. And so 30 minutes later, uh, the conductor comes back, and the great scientist is on the floor, all fours, briefcase open, scattered papers all around, and suddenly uh, the conductor sees that it's Dr. Einstein. And so he says, Dr. Einstein, don't worry about the ticket, don't worry, I trust you. (laughs) Dr. Einstein said, young man, this is not a matter of trust. I need to have my ticket, otherwise I have no idea where I'm going. (laughs) And I just like that story because it, it gives us a very simple metaphor that we can all understand, all of us. That we're on the train, as it were, of faith, we really need to have our tickets. Because if we don't have them, we will have very little sense of where we're going. If we're genuinely going to learn to love God and love our neighbor, We need to have the ticket. If we're really going to participate with God in the healing and the redemption of God's world, we need the ticket. If we are really going to become the unique image bearers that God wants us to be, We need the ticket. If we're going to discover that unique vocation that God has in mind for our own one wild and precious life, we need the ticket.
If we're going to be a faithful city congregation placed by God in the middle of this wonderful city, we need the ticket. And I want to suggest rather boldly that this ticket is about learning to listen to the groans. Can I say that again? That this ticket is learning to listen, learning to listen to the groans. Did you notice in that incredible, incredible passage that I read? Romans 8 is wonderful. I know many of you know that already. It has that magnificent beginning, verse 1. There's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Wonderful stuff. It has that incredible ending. There is nothing that can ever separate us from God's love in Jesus Christ. So this chapter is bracketed with wonderful promises, but those promises will only have practical reality if we travel through the chapter. And in the middle of the chapter, you will notice there are three groans, three deep groans, and I hope you picked them up as I read to you. And I want to invite you, friends, very, very simply today to begin to listen to these groans so that we can pick up the ticket. So that we can pick up the ticket. I want you to notice the first groan. It's going to look at this text with me. It's verse 22. Come up on the screen. I hope... We know, it's always that moment of anxiety. <laughs> we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. There's the first groan. I'm married to Debbie and she says, no man should ever preach on the pains of childbirth. <laughs> and I'm very aware of that. I really am. I really am. It's a very powerful image, hey, of our world. That we live in a world that groans deeply, deeply. That we live in a world that groans deeply for the newness that God longs to give it. <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, I think Christians have a painful tendency to turn their backs on the world that God loves. I remember the first chorus that I ever learned. I never grew up in a Christian church. I got converted around the age of 16. And you'll forgive me for this. I started going to the Methodist church. Um, and I started learning choruses. And I think that's where you pick up your theology uh, so often, by the songs we sing. I always pay attention to the words of songs. And I remember that one of the first choruses, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. 
and all the things of this earth will grow strangely dim, Mm -mm. clear, clear. That somehow when Jesus becomes part of our life, he opens our eyes to see the world more clearly in all its beauty and brutality. And he opens our ears to hear like we've never heard before the groans that are around us all the time. That's what Jesus does. He gives us new ears. New ears. Now, obviously, we can't engage every groan. It's impossible. But maybe there is one groan that somehow gets hold of you, that disturbs you, keeps you up at night. And it's almost as if God is trying to get your attention. I want you to engage this groan. The groan, perhaps, of the lonely elderly, The groan, perhaps, of those who are severely, severely disabled. The groan, perhaps, of those who don't have access to resources that we take for granted. The groan of young people maybe longing for personal significance in life. I don't know. The groans of those struggling with addiction. I don't know what groan God is inviting you to engage. I'm married to Debbie and for 40 years she's given her life to government education because she hears the groan in a country where an education system has collapsed. She wants to give quality education to those who are the poorest. And I watch her engaging this groan each day of her life. Each day is a mission trip. And maybe you are part of a profession, medical profession, legal profession, actuarial profession. I don't know, but where is your profession groaning? Groaning. And maybe God is inviting you into that space. Listen to the groan. Listen to the grow. But come back with me to the text. There's another groan. Look at verse 23. We've looked at verse 22. Look at verse 23. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we also groan inwardly as we await eagerly for our adoption to sonship the redemption of our bodies. We also grow. Do you notice there, look carefully at that text, notice how Paul describes the tension in which we live as people of faith. We live in a tension. Can you see the tension? We have the first fruits of the Spirit. We, we, as, we, as we open our lives up to Christ, we, we know the joy of being God's beloved. We know the joy of that. 
We know the joy of being loved and accepted and forgiven by God in Christ. We know that, and there is a joy about that. We know the joy of belonging to God's messy family. We know the joy of that and the pain, but we know the joy of that. We know the joy of the Spirit's presence in our life, consoling, challenging, holding us in moments when we're falling apart. We know that. We know the joy that there is someone with us and there is a great love with us from which nothing can ever separate us. We know that. And there is a joy in that. But we also groan inwardly. We also groan. I was saying yesterday, I came across to the States for the first time in my life, in my late 20s, and I worked in a little church in Washington, which had an enormous impact on the city called the Church of the Savior, um, for about six weeks. And uh, when I went back to South Africa, South Africa then was in the midst of a you know, kind of state of emergency, the whole apartheid thing, and I was going back to South Africa, and I sat down with the pastor of this little church, the Church of the Savior. His name is Gordon Cosby, a Southern Baptist, and uh, I asked him a question. I've only asked three people in my life this question. I asked him, I said, Gordon, do you have a word for me as I go back to South Africa? Now, there are many, many, many people who have words for me that I have not asked for. <laughs> but I've asked three people. And then Gordon uh, just gave me one sentence, and it kind of scorched its way into my heart. And almost every time I stand to speak or preach or teach, the sentence reverberates in my own heart and mind. And the sentence was this, every person, Trevor, that you preach and teach with, every person sits next to their own pool of tears. I've never forgotten that sentence. Every person sits next to their own pool of tears. Every one of you. Every one of us. Every one of us. Right now. And I stand here with my pool of tears. And I want to invite you today to listen to that pain that you carry in your heart. I don't know what it is. I was looking out today for Jim Houston. I, th I believe he worships here sometimes. And uh, Jim came and stayed with us in South Africa uh, stayed with us for a week in Benoni in 1992. And he, I, I remember him saying something. He said, Trevor, Christ always meets us where we are at our weakest, where we limp. That was the image he gave me. At our Achilles heel, that's where Christ meets us. It's where we groan. And I don't know the nature of your groan today. I don't know. The groan of childlessness, maybe. I long to have a child and I, I don't conceive. The groan, perhaps, for just significance in life. 
the groan perhaps of a stuckness in your own marriage or relationships. You just don't touch each other anymore, hold each other. The pain of a child who's making choices, just breaking your heart. I don't know your pain. All I know is that Christ wants to meet you in your pool of tears. That's where grace meets us. That's where grace holds us. That's where grace restores us. That's where grace keeps us going. Can I invite you to listen to your groan? But there's another groan. And it's the deepest, deepest groan of all. The deepest groan. The deepest one. And I want you to watch how Paul describes it in that passage. And in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our, in our weakness. In our weakness. Do not be scared of your weakness. That's the meeting place. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know how we ought to pray. We know that experience. We don't know how we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Groans. The Spirit of God. Can I just say two things, and then we can draw to a close about that. We worship a God who groans. We worship a God who groans. Bet Midler gets it wrong from a distance. God is watching us. That is nice song. Poor theology. Poor theology. God is not a cosmic stare. God has come to us in Christ, entered into humanity, suffers with us, hurts with us, groans with us. God is not only the most joyful being in this universe, God is the greatest sufferer as well, participating deeply in our own pain and our own hurt, the groan of God. And then the Spirit the Holy Spirit who is within us is praying with groans all the time. That has most probably kept me going over the years. That there's a prayer meeting going on in our lives all the time, 24-7. Right now, we are never prayerless, never we carry prayer around within us all the time. There's a 24-7 prayer meeting going on. The Spirit of God is praying in me, in you, right now, right now. And we don't have to get too mystical about this. The Spirit of God is taking the prayer of Jesus and is praying it within us. Father, the Spirit of God is praying that we'll come to know Abba, Father. May your name be treasured. The Spirit of God is wanting us to live with a new reverence for the reality of God. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. 
The Spirit of God is praying all the time for God's will to come, to come, to, to break into our lives. For bread, our deepest provisions, to be met. Praying for us to learn to forgive, to receive forgiveness. The Spirit of God is praying. Can you listen? And I really mean that. Can you listen to how the Spirit of God is praying for you right now? So let me end. I don't know if this has been helpful. Have you got the ticket? (laughs) Have you got the ticket? This is the ticket that grounds everything in reality. It grounds our faith in reality. The great promises get grounded in the practical reality of our lives when we learn to listen to the groans. The groan of our world, our own groan, and the groan of God. Listen to the groans. Mmm. So good. Hey, I wanted to let you know that Trevor's written a number of books. You may remember a while back I interviewed him on his book titled Beyond Loneliness, The Gift of God's Friendship. He's also written a book titled Discovering Our Spiritual Identity, Practices for God's Beloved. It has a foreword by Dallas. And then recently, a book titled Pauses for Advent, Words of Wonder. So next week, Renovari's ministry team and staff will be on retreat, so we won't have a new podcast or online releases for you. You might pray for us in our time together. It'll bring renewal, clarity, and wisdom for the continued work of the ministry. As always, thanks for listening, and have a great week.